Anyone else burning with fire on the inside? Yes! Man, I'm burning. I've been burning since 1997. Can't put the fire out. You wouldn't want to, would you? Wake up in the morning burning, midway dinner day burning, go to sleep burning. Wake up in the morning burning. It's just a constant bonfire. Amazing. It's amazing to burn for him and to have what Jesus promised in Matthew 3.11, what John the Baptist promised. There is one coming who's going to baptize you with power and fire. That fire is to be on the inside of us. And every time the Holy Spirit gives us his word, greater fire. Every time you get revelation on the inside, the fire just goes, more fire. He said, how much fire do you want? Because I'm just going to pour revelation upon revelation upon fire and fire and fire till it comes out your eyes and ears and everything you touch will just be fire. There's a vision to go after, isn't it? That's not your reality today. I pray it will be. I pray you would go after that with everything you have and you would not stop until you get what is on offer for you. Bible says there's a promise of power. Same thing. Power, fire. It's to be inside of us. And this morning in pre-service prayer, I said the tower or the temple of self has to fall. If you want fire in you, the tower of self has to come down. And so when he turns up in fire and power and stands before you, let him burn your temple of self. Let him breathe his fire all over it so it just crushes, comes down. You know, fire is a powerful thing, isn't it? Fire is very destructive, while at the same time it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And it can do good work. When they, when they want to burn fields, they burn it with fire. So fire is a positive thing in the kingdom. It cleanses, it purifies, it builds. And that's what the fire of God does. God wants our minds on fire as well. He wants us to think like him. You know, the helmet of salvation is the mind of Christ. So I'd write that down if you're taking notes. The helmet of salvation is having his mind. You have his mind, nothing gets in. Have you thought of it like that before? It's not something you put on your head. It's something that's put on you. It's his mind in your head. So whenever the lie comes, the mind of Christ recognizes it's a lie. The mind of Christ never has depressive thoughts. The mind of Christ never thinks anti himself. He never says one thing anti himself. He is the truth. So the more we have the mind of Christ, guess what we don't think? Negative thoughts. So our own flesh no longer tells us lies. And the enemy who will tell you lies, you recognize as a lie. That's why it's the impenetrable barrier, the mind of Christ. And we can have the complete mind of Christ. Now, does your mind just believe what I said? If you say no, then you never will. You see, the mind opens up and it shuts stuff up. It's like a gate. It releases things or closes things. When you hear things, your mind gets activated. But what gets exposed? Your heart. You see, what happens is when I'm talking right now, your mind is going overtime and it's trying to understand what I'm saying. But you know what? Out of the heart, the mouth man speaks. It exposes the heart. You see, the mind can tell you one thing, but the heart tells you something completely different. The mind says, I love God, but the heart says, I don't really. And what happens when the truth gets spoken, it activates and engages the carnal mind. And the carnal mind, which is at war with the mind of Christ, goes into battle. But actually what then happens, it activates the heart. And out of the heart, the man speaks the lie or the truth. That's fascinating, isn't it? That's why it's really all about issues of the heart. The mind is important, but the heart is the epicenter of understanding. But you see, if you 
capture something in your mind. See, that's why the, the spirit has to capture it first. If your mind, your carnal mind grabs the truth, it'll squash it. It'll squeeze all the little life out of it and go, and your heart never gets a chance to receive it. Why? Because the mind beat it there. Can you hear what I'm saying? Your mind will never understand unless it's been renewed truth. You'll never have the mind of Christ unless you allow your spirit to hear what's being spoken. You've got to hear it in your heart, not in your head. Otherwise, the head will shut down the truth because it will be anti it. Hear what I'm saying? If you have the mind of Christ, you will say yes and amen to what is being spoken. Why? Because the oneness that's coming at you, your mind will know its oneness. It will know it's the truth. You'll stand up. You know, I feel like doing that in the preaching at times. You just want to stand up and scream, come on, give it a little more large. What's that? Because your mind has been renewed to what you're hearing and it knows it's truth. And the more that's happening, your spirit in you gets engaged. You just want to go nuts and you come into an agreement with the person speaking. That is true oneness. But see, if your spirit doesn't capture it first, your mind does, it'll shut it out. The truth is anti our flesh. It's anti the carnal mind. That's why having his mind is the helmet of your salvation. If you can't think right, you really are stuffed. You really are stuffed. There's no chance. So the mind is really important. But it's not the place of understanding. The spirit is. But it is the place of releasing stuff and closing stuff down. So it can be your most powerful ally, but it can be your most destructive whatever the other thing is. <laughs> what would be the opposite? Your, en- your enemy. Thank you. This is what moving and flowing with him is preaching because none of this is in my notes. Ephesians six seventeen and take the helmet of salvation. When you just hear those words, what are you thinking? Take. Take it. Is that passive? It's active. Take it. Take hold of the life that you are called for. Do you know that it is not a basic life? Do you know, me and Paul were talking about this, that our, we've been called to be ambassadors of another kingdom. So that's all our job description before we are teachers, lawyers, mums, dads, whatever we are. We are ambassadors of his kingdom on the earth. That is your job. You're there to represent him wherever you go. Okay, That's your job, D. So how well are we doing that? So when you're in a work environment and it sucks and it's horrible and all your work colleagues are pains, the idea of running away unless he leads is not the thing because you're there to demonstrate another kingdom to everybody who's there, who's whining and whinging and gossiping and backstabbing. You're there to shut that down through your very presence. You're not there to do the great job in the whatever it is you're doing, and as your primary objective. That's your secondary to be a good employee. You're first there. You are employed by heaven. And you're sent by... Yeah, there's some power. (laughs) All right. You're sent from heaven to that place for however long you're there to demonstrate and administer his kingdom into that place. Powerful, eh? But if you don't think like that, you'll never do it. If you think incorrectly like them, you'll join in with the gossip. You'll join in with the backstabbing. You'll join in with bagging the box. You'll join in because your mind can't even conceive being something different. This is our challenge, and this is why the mind is so important, because if you can't think it, it'll never happen. What does he say in Ephesians 3.20? Now to him, him who is able to do immeasurably more than you can ask, 
think or imagine according to the power that's at work where? Got fire in you? Can you feel the power in you? Because you're going to ask in accordance to the power that's within you. No power, you don't ask for things that you can't conceive. You only ask for things that you think are possible. You don't ask for the impossible because you don't even think it's possible. It's impossible for my work to change. It's impossible for my boss to be different. It's impossible for this obstacle I'm looking at to change. No, it's not because we carry within us the God of change. And even if it doesn't change, can we still model the mind of Christ in that environment? Because you know who's going to be changing through it? If you stay in the process of the pickling. But if you hop out like a lonely pickle, you'll dry out and you'll lose your saltiness. Disciples aren't to lose their saltiness, they're supposed to be salty. But you can only be salty if you have the mind of Christ. Not the mind of Greg or the mind of yourself, but the mind of Christ. Something that you are not born with. You are born with a carnal mind. A self-centered thinking epicenter that puts itself first. Above all things, you protect you. That's natural. That's not kingdom. But that is of the world, the natural, yeah? One Peter says, prepare your minds for action. That's not passive again. Heard the saying, the battlefield of the mind? Joyce Meyer writes a lot about that. The battlefield of the mind. And that's what I said before. If your mind tries to grab kingdom truth and it's not renewed, it'll shrink it. It'll take something this massive and it will reduce it down to that big so you can try to understand it. It'll take the fullness of the whole gospel and it'll reduce it down to nothing and go, look what we know. It'll take the entire purpose, the marriage covenant, and reduce it down to just reaching lost people so they don't go to hell. This is what the carnal mind does. Why does it do it, Greg? Because it tries to understand the fullness of God and it can't. So it has to reduce God down to something that it can understand. That's why you never, ever hear to understand. You hear to receive in your spirit. Then the spirit renews your mind to what you heard. Ephesians 4, come with me. Ephesians 4, 17. Ephesians 4, 17. Powerful, powerful passage. Who's loved this book? It's actually food, eh? All right. Ephesians 4, 17. It's called The Christian's Walk. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer, say no longer, just as the Gentiles also walk. You walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. Wow. See, if your heart gets hard, this is how you'll live too. Don't read this stuff and go, that's those other people. Read this stuff and go, he's speaking to me. Put yourself in this. The Bible is for the church. It's not for a lost world predominantly. Okay? It's for us. It's our food to grow. That's why they don't understand it, because their minds are futile. The Word of God is in futility to their minds. It's ridiculous. It's foolishness. It's a stumbling block. It makes no sense. No, that's never going to be until the Holy Spirit comes within them, and they're born again to understand spiritual manner. So if you're trying to understand this through your flesh, you're no different to a lost person. You can't understand this in your mind. We still try. We go, yep, 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 and then tomorrow we'll be trying to understand it in our mind. Some of you are probably trying to understand what I'm saying right now. You've got to stop. 
You've got to hear what I'm not saying. And then you have to receive it through power. And if you're not receiving it tonight, you have to then take it away ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you in what you heard. That's why we've got to go over and over and over and over and over. We've got to eat what's spoken. It's the spoken word of God that changes us. It's the seed that gets thrown out that causes the life within you. See, if we're not watering the seed, if we're just listening to messages, come go, listen, there's no watering of the seed going on, so the seed gets plucked away. Or you might catch it for a second, you get a bit excited, but then what happens? Persecution from the word comes and you give up. Or you go a bit further on the journey, and but you're still trying to live for you. So the worries of life and the riches that you're trying to keep your life together choke the word so you never produce any fruit. No fruit is produced in, which means you're unable to live and demonstrate Christ. Because you can't copy it. It has to be an imitation. And an imitation has to be within you. So there needs to be a person called Jesus in you who's actually getting your arms and your legs and your head to think and move. You can't in you. If he's not in you, you will copy. But copying doesn't go the distance, man. Does it? It doesn't. You can't. We heard that through Sam imitating God is actually not you doing it in your strength. It's his power in you, his fire in you, enabling, empowering you to do what he did. Well, if your mind isn't renewed to this fact, you're going to still be trying to do something you can't. Ultimately can't do, which is try to change yourself. So when you get squeezed or you're at a supermarket and you're getting hangry, Or the person beside you at work is having a go and giving you a hard time and maybe they're manipulative and maybe they're actually trying to get you fired. You know what you can't do is you can't love. You're scheming how you're going to get them back. You're scheming how to protect your little butt rather than loving and demonstrating something else that everyone else is in wonder and awe to because you have the mind, you have his heart. You've gone through process. You prepared your mind for action. You're fighting the fight of eternal life. This is what it is. It's an eternal life, being able to live like Jesus. You're in the fight. You're not passive. You're not just turning up here week in, week out, coming to this night and taking notes and no change, thinking we understand Ephesians. If we are not changing, we are not knowing zero. You don't know what you haven't become. There's a kingdom standard. You know nothing you haven't become yet. See how high that is? That is outside of my ability to form. So you know what? The kingdom of self's got to come crashing down. And it hurts our heads, eh? (laughs) See, I'm I'm just, how many people's heads are hurting? See, your mind. You're trying to hear it, understand it in your head, and your head starts to hurt. Okay, this is, this is too big for this. Yep, that's right. This is all part of the process. This is not wrong, this is right. Our head should hurt when the word gets proclaimed. Unless you've received the word and gone through the breaking process, so now you have a mind that goes, come on, man, keep speaking this word that is unattainable in me. The thing is, we just haven't had it. So when it comes, what is this? This is what you should have had your whole life that you haven't had. Don't deny it. I ain't going there because I'll get off track. (laughs) Keep reading. Listen to this. This is verse 20. But you did not learn Christ in this way. How are you learning? Through human study or revelation? Human learning doesn't cut it. Human learning doesn't renew the mind. Human learning fills you with information about a dude, but you can never live out who you're reading about. Do you know what you can do? You can even walk on water. But you know what you'll do when the pressure comes on? Deny him. Who did that? 
Greg, you mean to say me it's fully possible for me to walk on water and still deny Christ? Hmm. Why? Because his inner realm wasn't dealt with. He got a revelation from God that Jesus was the Messiah. Yeah. But what couldn't he do? Couldn't fulfill what he was asked to do. You tell me you can do this stuff. Okay, let me put you in a hot pressure test. Oh, can't quite live out what I just said I could. Need to find repentance right about now. (laughs) Now his love is covering us. Phenomenal. I've not met love like this. That you can say all this stuff and he's going, maybe some of it is, maybe some of it's a bunch of hot air and I'm going to cover it where you get to the point because I want you to learn from my son. Was it not Jesus who said, come to me and learn from me so you can stay your whole life in rest? Well, have we found rest yet? Big questions. Taught in him, sorry, uh, but you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him, have heard him. And have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. That in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You lay aside the old operating systems. You lay aside the life that you were before Christ. This is a brand new reality in Christ. It's a brand new learning operating system. It has nothing to do with the way you've studied your job. It has nothing to do with the way you went to school and learned mathematics and reading and writing and politics. It's nothing to do with any of that. That is not how this works. All that is foolishness if you try and apply it to this standard. This is a brand new kingdom. I'm not here To change this, Jesus said, I'm here to establish my kingdom. And you need to learn my kingdom ways. Otherwise, you will be frustrated, always trying, but never coming into the life. You will have a form of this godly stuff. Sure, you can do signs and wonders. You can preach the gospel. You can sing worship songs. You can write them, CDs, books, and all that. But you'll deny the power when it turns up to change your inner realm that needs a rewiring. And you'll be found out, like Peter, not able to love God or others the way we're intended. Because our mind and our hearts are still hardened like the lost. Because you're trying to learn the complete wrong way. So when it comes on, you can't live it. Let's be honest. Are we in Sabbath rest yet? Does anyone even know what it is? If I invited you up and said, come and give me testimony of Sabbath rest, could you do it? Not head knowledge. We don't need head knowledge. We don't need concepts. We need the truth. We need the true work that has been done in us to say, I live my life from Sabbath rest. This is what it's doing. This is the power of it. He says, have you entered into it yet? Because it's a promise that remains for my church. So it's for us. So to not enter into it is a big problem. And to just continue to go after Sunday, after Sunday, after Sunday, after Sunday with no change is a big problem, church. You're playing church. You have a form of godliness, but you can't live it out. You're to be living godliness. I've given you my divine power for a life of godliness. I've given you my power and my promises that you can partake of a divine nature. If you have a divine nature living in you, what can you do? The thing Peter couldn't do, love. So have you transitioned yet into this divine nature because your mind is being renewed through the power source of heaven because you've heard the word? It's okay if you haven't, but to just keep continuing on the same thing is insanity. Expecting a different result doing the same thing is insanity, isn't it? 
And we have to feel the weight of what I'm saying. I No, it's weighty. And I wrestle with the fact of preaching this stuff because I know how weighty it is. And I never get up here ready to preach it, but he takes over and he says, preach it, because they need to hear it. But I understand the weight of it can have you literally, if I throw a hand grenade in the room and boom, up everybody goes. Just do it. I think I'm doing it. (laughs) He goes on. He says, and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So we're supposed to be speaking like this to each other. This is what discipleship looks like. Not, oh, well, it's okay, a little It's supposed to have fire going backwards and forwards because the Word of God is fire. It's supposed to make us feel uncomfortable till we've come into it. Then the most uncomfortable, you're like, I'm so comfortable here. I'm so comfortable in this place. Why? Because there's a work being done rather than everyone's like, oh, gee, this is getting a bit itchy on here. I think I'm going to have to slide out of the room. Oh, is that the time? Oh, I've got to go. Oh, gee, toilet. I'm sure if you've been rubbing it all the time, all of a sudden it's like someone throws out a... A question or something completely just like removes it. They try to shift it because they're so uncomfortable. They're getting unveiled, and so they like I don't know. Turn on the TV. I've heard that happen. <laughs> Instead of staying in the presence and letting the power, thank you, do a work because the mind. Is about to be renewed. Do you know we are all called to have the same mind? Okay? So we're all called to think the same. Romans 12, 16. This is one scripture. Okay? Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind. What does that mean? That means to don't think more highly of yourself than you should. But with the mind you have, declare. So with the authority you have, speak it. But don't think more highly of yourself. But we're all supposed to be of the same mind. The same mind. Well, who minds that? That's his mind, isn't it? So we're all to have the mind of Christ in every area of life. How do you see marriage? How do you see little people that you have called children, yours or his? How do you see your wife or your spouse, yours or his? How do you see your work? How do you see money? How do you see the giftings? How do you see every aspect of the kingdom, your way or his way? Because if you're bound up in your way, you're not in freedom. You're in bondage to your mind and the way you think. How free are you from you? And you're thinking, because it's going to bind you up. And so although he says, don't be bound up, you already are. You are keeping you bound up because your mind is not his mind, because the mind is not being renewed. Why? Because maybe you're a seeker of wisdom through the intellect, through mental understanding. Maybe you're looking for signs and think, if I just do enough for God, Miracles, preaching, that'll be the answer to this life. Zero, they're not. Christ crucified is. So how do you think when it comes to God? Because it's going to either build this church or keep it small. It's my money. Really? You need to get your head into the book. I do. And it's still my money. They're my gifts. Really? Yeah. And I build my life with them. Oh, okay. We are not our own. We are his. But you know, if we don't have his mind, we will not be that in reality. So we can sing it, we can pray it, we can talk it, but we'll never live it. You can't live it. 
until the mind is renewed. You can't. Even if you try, you'll never last. So he's saying, don't be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. His mind is the helmet of salvation. His mind. You get his mind, you ain't going to worry about anything. Wouldn't that be cool? To live a worry-free life. Do you think that's possible? That's good. Do you think you can live anxious-free? He does, and he says it's possible. He says the answer to worry and anxiousness is seeking first the kingdom. Here's my antidote for your worry. Why don't you come to me, and I'll give you rest of all that stuff. And why don't you learn from me so you can stay in this rest? But see, you only come to me for your junk. But I want to renew your whole life. But you come to me when it's bad and you leave your junk at my cross and then you take off and then you ask me to bless your selfish lives. Doesn't work like that. I want your whole life. Then you get a whole blessing. See, guys, we just don't think like this. This, this you might be thinking, man, this is legalism. No, this is truthism. This is self-righteous. No, it's not. It's the truth. This is how God thinks. This is where all the life is. This is why the mind and the heart are so connected. They're two, but they're actually one position as well. You think poorly, you get sick here. Literally, you can worry yourself to death. You can worry yourself to death and get cancer. They are all connected. But you can look at them separately. And if they all come into an alignment in the kingdom in Jesus, you know what you have? Eternal life. You are free. I mean really free, and you live from freedom. Danny and I were talking about this on Friday. We talked about why do we worry about what anyone else says about us if it's not true. Like, why do you even care? Have you ever stopped and asked yourself that? Do you know what you're doing when someone's opinion about you matters that much? You are giving them authority over your life. And they hold that. And they do this. You go, They go, You go, And they've literally got you like a puppet. And they control you through their words. Why would you do that? Because you don't yet know who you are. Because your mind has not been renewed yet, so you're not in that place of freedom where you don't care. Now, I'm not saying you're trying to offend people. Here I'm saying, okay? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is you don't care and you're not looking for anyone's approval because you have his approval. You don't need it. I don't look for my approval out of you, out of my wife, out of my children. I look for nothing in them. I don't need them. That can be offensive to my wife who's sitting right there if she's not in the mind of Christ. It can be very offensive to my children when I tell them I don't need them and I love God more than them. And I choose God over them every time if they're not in Christ. But you know, we're all supposed to live like this. We're all supposed to think like this. This is normal Christianity. This is not radical Christianity. This is normal Christianity. This is how far off we've gone. We really have. We're so far gone from the truth, it's not funny. That's why we don't see life. And we're probably struggling in life ourselves. Because we don't think it, we don't live it, so we bind it to protect it. And we say freedom. Can we have some? No, but I'm in freedom. Oh, really? Can we have some? No, but I'm in freedom. Look at my freedom. Try and get that out of my hand. Go on. It's free. Take it. Free, free. Come on, take it. Take it. That's how a lot of us live. And we call it freedom. Because we're bound here. But it can be the most life-giving source. 
If I have his mind on all things, then I have the impenetrable source guarding the epicenter of the control room, which is my heart. If I have his mind on all things, then I have the impenetrable source, his mind, guarding the epicenter and the control room, which is my heart. Jesus said, why do the evil thoughts come out of your heart? Guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. So once again, if we start thinking incorrectly, if you hear lies and you believe them, just like the word, he says, hear the word, receive the word, life. If you hear the lie, receive the light, death. You see how he gets in? So you have to fight, prepare your mind for action. You have to take hold. We have to be disciplined. We have to spend time. Do you know what the greatest commodity is? Time. Do you know what everyone's trying to do? Waste your time. There are professional time wasters out there. TV, sport, husband, wife, children, holidays, work. Professional time wasters. All sucking for your time. Who do you give your time to? You have to guard your time. You will not get time with me outside of what I tell you you can have time. And that's wisdom. Unless God says to me, that one's okay. I will reschedule you so you have time into my schedule because I'm guarding it with God. He says, Greg, that's you and me time, not you, me, and those people. They all should be doing the same. Then everyone's full. And you know what? We don't need one another. But I need the Christ in you. But I don't need you for edification and affirmation and encouragement. I don't need you. I need him. But I need the Christ in you for you to play your part in this whole thing called a body. Because then we have the same mind. Then we move with power. Because we're not fighting one another saying, well, I'm of Chris. Well, I'm of Sam. Well, I'm of Trina. That's what an unrenewed mind says. Can you see where the division in the body of Christ comes in? Through the mind. What did Peter say to Jesus? Okay, we're talking about the mind. What's the key scripture when he talks about the mind? Get behind me, you. Your mind is set on your interests. And you, Cena, are a stumbling block to me. You imagine if Jesus turned up right now. Well, he is. And he said, not to you. (laughs) You are a stumbling block to me. You're in my way. You're a leader, but you're in my way. You're You're trying to stop me going to the point I was coming for. See how powerful the wrong mindset is. It gets in the way of God and his work. We've got to get this. Okay? You get in the way of him and you get in the way of his kingdom work and you get in the way of others that you are leading. So Sina says no. And so she leads 10,000 people down the wrong pathway because her mind was a stumbling block to Christ. And he says, your mind is demonic right now. So thinking about you is demonic. That is not kingdom mindsets. That is demonic. It's James 3. It's from the kingdom of darkness. You're not demonic, Cena. You're not demonic, Peter. But your mindset is demonic. It is of flesh. And your wisdom, which is trying to stop me going to the cross, is demonic. Every time you try to hold on to your life, it's demonic. It's the wisdom of darkness. When every time you put yourself first, it's the wisdom of darkness coming out of your mind. There is zero life on that. But it will keep you bound in self because you will feel good about yourself and you will preserve yourself. You're supposed to be dead. (laughs) I'm preaching at me. I'm not angry, I'm passionate. (laughs) It's fire, okay? A renewed mind is powerful, life-giving source. 1 Corinthians 2, 
Let me just read these. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. I always come here. This is just such a life-giving passage. 1 Corinthians 9, sorry, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9. Paul is completely talking about reliance upon the Spirit. Okay? He says, I don't come any longer with flash fancy words. He says this so your faith would not rest on the wisdom of the words that I say, but it would rest on the power of God. I don't want you, a Greek, searching for wisdom about words. I want you in someone who is quite crucified in the simplicity of the gospel through the power of the words spoken. So don't try to understand it, he's saying, in your head. That's why I don't even come with persuasive, tickling words. See, we love, our mind loves the tickling words. It loves the beautiful oratory of the articulation. And that can be all good, but it can be absolutely substance-less. It can be like a pavlova. It looks good on the outside, but she's got no body on the inside. And you blow it over in a Wellington wind and she takes off. But you put a cheesecake there and it stays there. Even better still, a Christmas pudding. All right? Plenty of fruit. So then he says this. Look, listen up, come on. He says, we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, who have learned the two operating systems. He said, well, I do speak words, and they are wise words that the mature hear, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages of our glory. Then he says this in verse 9, Just as it's written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man. So there is things eyes, ears, and hearts have not yet received. Are you hearing me? This is our reality today. But he's in the things that eye, ears, and hearts haven't received. Hence, he actually has the authority to write them down. So he's talking to us right now. Imagine Paul is here. Then he says, what? All that God has prepared for those who love him. So all the things that eye has not yet seen, ear has not heard, has not yet entered your heart, which is the place of understanding. But there are all these things that God has prepared for those who love him. Those that love him will go seeking these things out. Those that don't love him won't because they're seeking their own life out. They don't have the time. I'm too busy with what? My life. I still love you. Let me know when you get round to my life and I'm right here waiting for you to repent. Tracking? For to us... Paul and whoever he calls we, that's why you can't claim this stuff unless you've gone through Paul's process. You can't claim the stuff in here unless you actually are in it. You have the potential for it, but you can't claim you have the mind of Christ if you haven't gone through it, I'm about to read. Okay? Unless it's been revealed, you have no mind of Christ. Because once again, I'll get you up here to preach about the things that you've seen in the unseen realm. And you'll tell me what they are. Put you on the spot, eh? See what I mean? This is, this is the BS stuff that comes out of our mouth. Oh, yeah, I got this, I got this, I got this. Then preach. Uh, well, it's sort of like this and sort of, no, 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 preach, man. Come on, I want substance. Don't give me the pav. Give me this cheesecake. Give me the substance. I can hear there's no substance. You're making it up. There's no substance in that thing. Be ready in and out of season to bring the word of God into any situation because you have the word of God in you. No, no, it says somewhere and somewhere that this thing says somewhere. Oh, I don't know. You're scrambling, man. The enemy's standing there all loaded up going, doo, 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 doo. does that look like a warrior fighting or does it like scrambling to put on the armor? Oh my goodness, they're coming. Where is my armor? <laughs> You're gone. This is how serious this has got to get in us. This is not a joke. This is not, I go to church. This is, I am the church. I'm an ambassador and I'm fighting in a war for righteousness because I want a crown of righteousness and all the angels are singing and praising. 
This is not normal. This is not natural. This is supernatural living on an earth that is natural. Okay? <laughs> For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. What? All the things. They've been revealed, revealed, revealed. He didn't say they've been studied by us. Remember what he said in Galatians 1, 11 to 12? The gospel was not taught me. I did not receive it from a man. How did he get the gospel? Through revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay? So it's the same thing. For us, God revealed all these things through the Spirit. The Spirit is there to teach us, to lead us into all truth. John 14. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Then he refers it to God. Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. You don't know as you ought to know my ways and my thoughts. That's what Isaiah said, did he? So the mind must be taught by who? Which is where? In us. So the Spirit must be the teacher that renews the mind, Ephesians 4. Otherwise, you still have your mind. And you're not entering into the fullness of this kingdom life because you can't see it. Because as you have the mind, you see what's in the kingdom. So you just walk into it and grab it. So I would be describing those things on the, what are they called again? Cinnamon scrolls, okay? And you, none of you, so here's an example of it. None of you know they're there. Okay? You can't see it. So I do this. I walk over, and I'm seeing them. And I love these things. <laughs> and you're watching me, and you're going, where's he going? And I pick it up, and I start to eat this. To you, it looks like this. What's that guy doing? And I do this. And you're going, is this guy okay? <laughs> Did he take his meds? What's going on? It looks like he's eating. And I do it. God, that was beautiful. And another one. And I stand here for 10 minutes feeding on cinnamon scrolls. And you're all going, this guy's a nut job. He thinks he's eating food. And I come back here and I walk up. And then I start to describe to you all what I just had. And I start telling you about the cinnamon scroll that you can't see. So I'm giving testimony of something, and none of you can see it, so you don't know whether I'm lying or not. So what do you have to do? Go and seek out whether what I'm saying is the truth, so you too can eat cinnamon scrolls. And all of a sudden, Sandra, who seeks, or in a moment God reveals it to her, looks and she goes, oh my goodness, the cinnamon scroll. So she gets up and she starts partaking of it. And one by one by one by one, all of a sudden now we're all on that side of the room eating cinnamon scrolls. And then we share with everybody about cinnamon scrolls. Chris, how good was the cinnamon scroll? So now we have one mind when it comes to the cinnamon scroll. Now, if someone else walks in, these guys are talking about, where are these cinnamon scrolls? They're just on the bench, man. And they walk right past it. They go to the toilet. Are they down here? No, they come back. They're still, they can't see it. But we all see it, so we partake of it. Because we all have what? His mind. And his mind opens up the realm to see it so we can taste and see that the Lord is good. And that is going in us. And now I'm able to live this reality because the promise is not no longer an abstract. It's in me coming out of me. This is what he's saying. But it only comes through revelation of the things that you can't yet see. So I know, hand on heart, very few people in this church have a revelation of the bride of Christ. You say, Greg, how do you know that? Because I know that. Because I can hear it coming out of you. Now, I only say this as an example of where we're at spiritually. Some people do not have a revelation of love in this house. Why? Because when you've had a revelation of love in you, you hear it. 
And you can see it. And you see the difference. Why? Because you know it. You have the testimony of what he's done in you. You're not better than the other person, but you've received something that the other person has yet to receive. So you pray and you encourage and you teach and you hope and you also align them when they say, no, I've got love. And you go, no, 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 it's not that. It's this. Because you are desperate for the body to come into what you've received, because you know how good it is, and you know it's not for you, so you want to give it away. Can you see, though, how you are persecuted for the word? Because when someone thinks they have something, and you're there telling them they haven't from love, if love is not in there, then pride still is there. And lust. Because the mind hasn't been renewed to the reality of receiving, so now you can have division. So I don't know, how many of you just got upset? I know you wouldn't have, but like, you know, none of you are eating cinnamon scrolls, why not? (laughs) And I say this, if we can, and it is possible, why why haven't we come up to a Wednesday prayer meeting yet? Why isn't the Wednesday prayer meeting the most attended prayer meeting in this body? If prayer is the thing that moves God's hand, then why isn't that the most attended meeting happening? Because we don't believe it is. And we don't know it is because we can't see it. Now that's the truth. We're not being self-righteous and we're not trying to judge anybody. We're just calling it as it is. And unless we will repent of that truth, we'll never come into life. If the early church devoted themselves to four things and one of them was prayer, oh, I don't have the time. Why? What am I doing? I'm sleeping. Oh, I work. Cool. Okay. Have you tried getting your job changed that you could be here? How desperate are we? How desperate are we trusting in the Lord to change things Because, yeah, I've got a mountain that's too high. I can't physically get here. Cool. There are some things we can't get here. I understand that. Look, Danielle has hardly been because we have two children. School, God, can you change the hours of school so we can actually get to the prayer meeting? No, but Danny can pray at home. And she does. So then how much prayer is happening at home? No, I'm still sleeping in. Why? Because I like my time. And I guard my time with me. Can you hear what I'm trying to say? Until we get to this place, this is what a mind of Christ actually looks like. It doesn't talk stuff and doesn't live it. That's a false thing called hypocrisy. The mind renewed, empowered, the, the body follows. Not because it has to, it just does. Okay? So he's saying this is what's happening here. Then he says this. Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why, church? So that we may know the things freely given to us by God. It's freely given. Maybe you should have put a price on it, and you had to buy it. You probably had a bit more value. Freely given, which things we also speak. So he is speaking the things that have been freely given because he has come into them through revelation. He's no longer Saul, he's Paul. He has the operating system of Paul, so he speaks as an apostle of God now. And he's speaking of what he knows, not in words taught by human wisdom. This is why you don't try to understand in the mind, because I'm not speaking human words. I am communicating spiritual words with spiritual thoughts, hence you have to hear it in your spirit. I'm not speaking words of human wisdom. I'm using an English language to describe the Word of God, which is spirit. If your mind tries to understand that, it'll be bamboozled. Now can you hear again? Because to continue in that operating system is foolishness. This is what he's saying. 
not taught in human words, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man, which is that operating system, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Paul and whoever Paul is talking about. He's not saying the whole Corinthian church has the mind of Christ. How do you know that, Greg? Because in verse 3, he says this, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. So he's not speaking to everybody. He's not saying, we all have the mind of Christ here, and I see it all. He's saying, we, him, and whoever he knows have the mind of Christ. And we're speaking to the other Corinthians so they can have the mind of Christ. If they receive what's being spoken through the operating system of the Spirit, then they can live out the mind of Christ and they'll stop arguing. They'll stop going, oh, I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos and I'm of Peter and I'm of this and I'm of that. They'll stop whinging, moaning and living for self, which they were doing, and they will live for me. It's no different today. Zero different today. Romans 12.2. Who can tell me what that says without going there? Therefore, do not be... Well done. Next person. No, no. Looking. Therefore, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind. For then what? You will be able to prove what the will of God is. Our lives demonstrated is proving the will of God. So the will of God is you walking in the manner in which Jesus walked. Is that happening? Are you the proof of the will of God? I'm still waiting for the will of God for my life. I just told you what it was. Get on the altar, the sanctificational process. Let the Holy Spirit build you from the inside out. Die to your selfish nature. Let it completely smash on the cornerstone and get changed through the power of Jesus Christ. That is the will of God. It's not going to Cambodia and doing some flash things primarily They are works, not will, works of God. They are assignments that God gives. The true will of God is being transformed and made Christ-like. Why? Multiple reasons. Multiple reasons. God is glorified, number one. He said so. But let me give you, he did say so. But the why is so God is get glorified. What life are you experiencing if that's happening to you? The entire life he wrote down. Complete freedom. Everything we just talked about tonight. A lost world sees a church that's one and it wants Jesus. It's called your bridal preparation for a wedding covenant. If we're not that, We won't be marrying him. Don't think you can turn up without your garments on and marry him. Please don't think that. That is a hoodwink. That's another Jesus. You've got to have your garments on to marry him. Revelation 3.21, you are naked in front of me. I give you eyes solved to open your eyes. You say to me, you're this. I say, you're this. Who are you going to listen to? This is not condemnation. This is conviction to get us going and to get us into the real thing. 
and be the real church that's able to demonstrate, not because we're strong, but because we're weak. Love, man. The thing Peter couldn't do till he got crushed. He could walk on water. He could cast out demons. He could share the gospel. But you know what he couldn't do? Love God. And when he was tested, he denied God. He denied the power that creates the whole life of godliness. But was that the end of the story? But have you had your day yet? Have you had your Peter day? Or are we still disciples that part of Acts? Have you had your day? Has your day come? Has your Peter day come? Has your Paul day come? Has your King David day come? When self falls. Olympus has fallen. Seen the movie? Self must fall. Then we're able to love. I think it's crazy that I can heal sick people, raise dead people, preach the gospel out of gifting and calling, but still not have the divine nature. And so when that gets pressed, the evil nature still comes. I'm not able to do the thing that he asked Peter to do, didn't he? John 13, 34, 35. Do you know what he asked him? Jesus says, I'm going to my death. What did Peter say? Why can't I go with you? Because you don't have something in you yet that you're actually going to be able to live out what you say. He was trying to help him, but the man wouldn't listen. Don't be the person that doesn't listen to the word. He said, I've got a word for you. What was it? Love these other men like I love them. Where are we going? Not interested in that. Didn't even hear it. Where are we going? I can go to my death with you. Hey, I know those other guys say they can. I know I can. And they all said the same thing. Not one of them could. Why? Because they hadn't yet had their day where self was going to be smashed. But God knew that. Jesus knew that. Jesus even spoke of the future. And he was right there with them, looking at him when he smashed. Don't resist the power of the word when it comes, when your flesh screams no. Let your spirit scream yes. And live a life on your knees. Repentance through revelation, relationship. Able to walk in the manner he walked, which is not just doing signs and wonders, but it's actually fulfilling the great commandment. You see, last thought. Disciples up to here, Acts commission couldn't do the commandment here commandment led commission flowed hear what I'm saying which one are you Father I thank you for tonight and I thank you that you're building us through your power of your word and spirit and truth Father we don't want to get in the way of what you're doing which means we need to have our minds renewed We need to just be and allow ourselves to be confronted with every issue of our heart, our pride, our self that lies to us. It's fear, God. We're just afraid. We're ultimately afraid. And Lord, we don't want to live lives of fear but faith. And so, Father, we are afraid. Let us share that with others that we trust, that they can pray for us and we can be honest with them just being real and praying you to come and do a work 
And we can fulfill Galatians 6 too that says we bear one another's burdens and we walk with one another while he builds us. And like I said this morning, Father, you are the comforter who comforts while you go to work and pull down structures that are not of you and build and erect structures that are. And you comfort us through this process. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your incredible love. Bless everyone here tonight with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There are some questions. If you need to go, feel free to go. Um, next week's the last week. will be a big Q&A thing, so please come with your questions. Anything from tonight, on the night, or the whole year. <laughs>